1: Matthew and me were like, we probably got more done in five days here than we have done in about six weeks in New York City. Yeah. But it didn't feel stressful, <laughs> you
2: know? Well, I mean, literally the entire city kind of works to support that thing. Yeah. The only thing I don't... I mean, there's a few things I don't like about Nashville at this point, but its I don't know that I like a town where every single person is oh, doing like, what you're yeah, trying to like do. It's like Hollywood for actors. You, you know, know it's just like... Agree, yeah.
1: I think my feeling was like, it's a good place just to duck in and out of. Not yeah. not be there all the time.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with that.
1: Because I think there's a weird like, symbiote, there's a weird, no, what am I trying to say? I'm not, that's the wrong word. There's like, there's a correlation between if you're there all the time, all of a sudden you're just like everybody else. But if you're someone who just pops in for two weeks, then people are like, oh, something to do, something new. Do yeah. You know what I mean? There's a psychology of newness, which is really helpful. Yeah. Because then it focuses energy. But if you're just sort of generally dangling around there like everybody else, mm-hmm. you get a sort of dangling around energy about things.
2: Yeah, there's just, I don't know. I agree. It's just a lot.
3: Welcome to the Firescape, everybody. Oh. <laughs> hey. Firescape, Firescape, What's up, y'all. Oh. Whoa. Oh. Let me, uh, see, yeah, let me fix this game. Hot. hot. Uh, we are two dudes from Alabama and a Welsh Londoner. Talking about transatlanticism <laughs> and whinging about
2: life in the big city. Oh wait, storytelling, telling stories. <laughs> well, it big did so city. well,
3: well dude, It's fine. We're 34. famous now. Yeah. we don't have to do it right. Now. Welcome to episode thirty-four <laughs> of the Fire Escape. It's episode thirty-four. It is. Yeah, and that's pretty it. good going. Yeah, right.
1: does the number thirty-four have any sort of cosmic significance? A bit like the number three.
3: Um. Well, it has the number three in it, I guess. Thirty-four. 34. I'm no. trying to think of like things that I don't know anything of the number thirty-four. I can't think of any. I feel significant like there's something 40s. I can't even think of a significant thirty-four. I have 34 two of those numbers who, tattooed on my body. Two, yeah, three. And four. Oh yeah, three, four, the 34 We can say that we're recording this at nine a.m. Yeah, or not. We're not. Hmm. We it, is it, it is the 29th. tomorrow. It is the twenty-ninth. Hey, three-four-nine, three-four-nine. That's the
2: three, Howald to you in. That's there the legendary are. apartment uh well it may be not legendary 349 is infinite. the place
1: where the you guys first started sitting on porches and porch talking yes, yes. The, you better is correct. the spirit of which is still alive and present right now right now. we this are there in fact we mm-hmm. are still there it's true yeah. Yeah. i'm there even though i never been there peter has it tattooed on him i yeah. have it tattooed on me i don't in elvish not yet
2: not yet i will yeah we'll get that we'll get that worked
1: out we'll go we'll get maybe we can make it like part of our merch a, ta- a 349 tattoo
2: yeah <laughs> You, know. you can you can buy the copyright to get it tattooed yeah, on. know or yeah.
1: maybe we can just do it like a transfer so we can like sell the design that they would take to our Firescape artists would take to there a tattoo go. parlor. Yeah. A tap we'll parlor. A watermark on it. So and they be like, I want the Firescape 349. Of course, most tap parlors will but just be like, oh, sure. I know <laughs> what you mean. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Or, or trademark. Do we want TM or copyright? I think we should do the R in the circle, the C in the circle, and the trademark symbol. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think we should do Cover all it all. Yeah. RCTM. Covering all those bases. Rectum. <laughs> <laughs>
1: ah, there we are. There we are. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome from yes. across the seas. In fact, in talking of across the seas, I gather that our Iraqi listener has returned.
3: Yeah. 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 Our, our man our or Kool-Aid woman in Kirkuk.
1: Or no, I think it's in Kuwait oh, City.
3: Was it uh, Kuwait, our Kuwaiti listeners? Oh, our Kuwaiti listeners returned. Oh, Kuwaiti mm-hmm.
1: listeners returned. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's definitely not in Iraq. Um, although Saddam Hussein did try to make it part of Iraq yes, in the early nineties, uh, but he did not succeed. Nope. Um, but welcome back, our um, Kuwaiti listener, whoever yeah. you are. <laughs> Um, yeah, that too And I don't know who else uh, has returned Or maybe people have joined us We've definitely had some of the biggest audience numbers uh, Not to be slapping ourselves um, t- on the back uh, So early on in the uh, episode But I think our numbers have been good More and more people are joining the earth uh, That's the sound of Culture slapping his own back mm-hmm. yes. And um, more and more people have been uh, joining the tribe Pass on so the to back to
3: the, cu- to the nation of Norway Yeah, Norway's been showing, Norway's
1: out. Been showing out Have they? And
2: have they? Tokyo and, in particular yeah. has been... Uh, has been coming in
1: hot. Arigato. The Vikings are on. And Tokyo, too. Tokyo, yeah. Wow, so numbers are up in Norway and in Japan.
3: Mm -hmm. I think Norway is beating the UK. Actually, no, no, I think it's not. Wait, really? It's not. Last time I looked, it was... No, I think that Norway is number three. Oh, okay. Well, Just barely, in,
1: though. In terms of... Um,
3: Your people need to... Norway, yeah, our people need to step yeah. up. Well, I'll be back in Wales soon. I'm gonna this start is reminding me of the 800s walk, when the yeah. Scandinavian people also were <laughs> whooping the... Uh, yeah. I'll be treading the mountains, the
1: shouting from the hills when I'm in Wales. Comedy, comedy fire escape. That's right. And... Um, uh, but it's interesting Norway and uh, Japan, may they, I wonder if they're kind of like... Because obviously, you know, Australia was directly underneath the UK, our Dan Anda. But I wonder if Japan is literally underneath Norway. I mean, it feels like it could be in a similar sort of axis,
3: Yeah, potentially. We might have a... Um, maybe, yeah, the, maybe Tokyo are is... Are saying there's some type of magnetism? Yeah, is there between, some sort of
1: yeah. fire escape-based polarity that's going on between uh, yeah. um, Norway and the, 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 through our original transmission to that's Norway through... What? Norway's
3: number two. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I thought so. But
1: that doesn't digress me from the point that potentially our Norwegian our strength in Norway has led to some sort of enthusiastic energy, which is now in some sort of cosmic mystic way is balancing out in the uh, magnetic, you know, the opposition. The ying to Norway's yang is perhaps in Tokyo is what I'm trying to say.
3: That makes sense because Norway is direct. Like, so right now, you know, the, the, the country rankings are obviously... America That's number right one, Number one Murder America Back to back world war champs <laughs> Headed for the 3 Pete. Please don't That's right Please don't <laughs> Um And Norway number two The UK number three Letting down Uh Britain's favorite son oh. Um I could say yeah, Britain's, Britain's favorite, favorite, favorite son. son. <laughs> I'm definitely going to rectum
1: that. I mean, trademark that.
3: How yeah. <laughs> old John? Britain's favorite son. Rectum. We're going to rectum all things. Uh, Japan they. coming in at number three. That's right. So, you know, Norway, I mean, number four. So two and four, Japan to, to Norway. And, Three and five UK and Australia.
1: Huh, yeah, so you see, this is wow. what I'm talking about in terms of those magnetic opposite, those oppositions, those polarities. But the question is, what you can't really say what is the opposite of America because America is so big. It's, you're probably just saying like, I don't know, maybe a large chunk of Eastern Russia, maybe or something. Possibly like that. Possibly Bangladesh. Bangladesh, we have maybe listeners there. Oh, sure. do we? There we are. Uh, yeah, we do have a couple. Uh, everything's in balance, is what I'm trying to say, globally.
3: I, f- I feel like, in a, as a percentage-wise goes, though, Luxembourg has to be holding down the top spot.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, per capita. Percent- per capita. Oh, yeah. man. Luxembourg. Are I mean, luxembourg Hold listeners
1: in. still tuning in? So I yeah. It's on my man David Pike, I'm pretty Pi- certain. Pikey. Yeah. Pikey, the Pikey. <laughs> Big up to the Pikey. Keep on listening. You are maintaining our largest geographical listening percentage by listening from the kingdom of Luxembourg, yeah. I believe. It's the principality.
3: Hmm. Pikey has been uh, they just meaning they just they only have a prince no king.
1: Yeah just I think that is um I don't Good. know if they do have a king Luxembourg. I'm actually not entirely sure of the um, That would be uh, way better constitutional if, if they status. just
3: had a if they just had a prince. Like He's the he's the ruler. Oh, there's no king. No, no. we're not quite big enough.
1: He that. won't let yeah. himself become king because it would threaten the order of things too much. He yeah. just has to keep his status a little bit low, a little bit under. We
2: well, have all the name cards and things, all the stuff monogrammed for
1: prince and that. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, you know. And the
3: guy yeah, that made yeah, yeah. name cards die. Yeah, <laughs> we only actually, of
1: course, actually, I'm going to segue into something probably everyone's been talking about. But you know, talking of princes, talking of princes, since we last recorded has been a, actually oh, seems have got in a room. There has been a very large transit, the transatlantic. There has been a very large <laughs> trans, oh, oh, trans, no. transatlantic no nope. nope. um, alchemy, alchemy you know in between yes. our two fair nations you're welcome yeah England got a little better I think you know at some point over the past year you know Prince Harry was listening to the Far Escape and realized that this spirit of international cooperation that we embody this sort of transatlantic vibe this sort of post-colonial new millennial um, spirit of love and cooperation that we um, speak um, it, I think he's taken that to heart, and you know, and now he's he's gone and married himself an American chick. Mm-hmm. It's true. Bold moves. Bold. Bold yeah. Is
2: that moves. is that? Um, uh, this is I don't I don't know anything about any of this. Is she the first American to be a part of? The world? Oh yeah. Uh, no, no, no 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 no
1: no 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 no. There's a lot of historical revisionisms going on with that because really? of course. Well, more to the point, you might say, oh, the first it's officially been Wallace Simpson yes, talking. Wallace yes, Simpson here. Okay. Yeah. So Edward VII, the first one
3: that wasn't yeah. a Nazi. Yeah, the oh. first one that wasn't a Nazi. Wait, hold on. We had a,
2: <laughs> an American
3: Nazi join the royal family? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, Brit- the, you know,
1: the British royal family back in the 30s. Um, Almost was queen. They had some questionable, um, I think it's fair to say, some questionable political taste going on in many aspects of the British mm. aristocracy in the 30s. But yeah, Edward, the Se- Edward VII, or well, he became... He, was, he would have become Edward the 7th or the 8th. I can't remember which one. But he, he The abdication. Yeah, it was the abdication crisis. He married Wallace Simpson. And, if you watch The Crown, you'll... Uh, uh, yeah. You now um, he's the
3: Duke of Windsor? And I think right?
1: because... I actually don't know the exact reasons exactly why, but it was, some, it was something to do or with the fact dead, that she was oh. a Yankee, essentially, that
3: they were like, this cannot she be. She was
1: divorced. She was divorced. She was yeah. a dual oh, divorcee. Man. But he, horrible, he yeah. abdicated The Crown in order to be with her. Yeah. so I think there was probably a moment she was she, so she, they they did get married but she did not become an official so I guess Wait, Megan. was he the Nazi Megan, or was she the Nazi well he famously
3: like went to they were friends um, with like Hitler, Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> not, Nazi they couple they were friends with yeah. Hitler mm-hmm. so I mean they weren't officially members of like the British Nazi party or no, whatever no 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 but yeah. They were uh, they were buddies with Hitler. They
1: went mm. to the um, I think, and uh, historian listeners of which we, as we know, are many, mainly probably in Tokyo, um, will tell us uh, that um, that uh, I think they went to the 1936 Olympics. You know, the Nazi Olympics, and Berlin, mm. the famous yeah. ones. And I think Prince Edward went there with Wallace Simpson to represent, so to speak. Uh. And um, I'm not sure. I think he also met Hitler another time during that whole period, as part yeah. maybe as part of the appeasement process. I'm not but sure. that was
3: before his death. Died. Yeah. That was before
1: like, yeah. he was king. Yeah. yeah. Or he, he... He never became... He was king for like a week He was king, like. but he was never coronated.
3: Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like officially... But then his... So that's where like the king's speech comes from. That's... Uh, the crown is about that. So this wow. is... uh El- Elizabeth's... The current queen. This is her uncle. Her father genuinely really because he was the younger brother. Like it would basically be like Harry becoming king because William... Yeah, uh, so, uh, you know, dish was a Nazi. Nazi yeah, yeah, yeah it was a Nazi, Nazi. Married a
1: but Nazi, didn't but he did marry a Nazi. Nazi.
3: And so, in that respect, I guess officially. So, yeah. So, <laughs> but got a black wife now. So it's true. Yeah, he, he course broke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's correct at everything.
1: It's yeah. gone full circle and right on. You know, he, um,
3: but, but I think yeah. So I guess everyone, it's, or at least, the, least it's equal. And like the woke the woke scales have leveled. The woke, scales, <laughs> yeah. the
1: scales, the woke justice scales. They um, I, I think I guess what I'm getting at is funny the way people have been talking about it. The first American married to the royal family, and I guess technically that is true because she has become the you Duchess of know, Sussex you know the Duchess of Sussex yeah and um, but, but was, I think but I, I guess I've had this Wallace sense of Simpson being not local. the Duchess of Windsor or was um, it je- was he well just that's the, the thing is that Windsor. I don't think that Google. she ever got her official title I don't think um, but we can use the Wikipedia's and have a little look up but so uh, maybe Meghan is technically the first American to marry him but I think part of me is a bit <laughs> like hey come on now we're being unfair to Wallace you know she wasn't yeah. she wasn't all bad apart from her sort of her mild Nazi, Nazi, Nazi affiliations TV. I'm not sure if in fact she was like all that Nazi-ish um, for that matter but i know they barely attended um that 36 olympics yeah it's the history is getting murky we're saying things out loud i'm not entirely certain of yeah sure well i hope that i'm not dragging wallace simpson's um fair name into disrepute
3: he was going to be uh i think he was going to be another king george huh maybe i don't know we'll see maybe not
1: anyway that all said, America and the United Kingdom. Yeah, he was going to be
3: King George the Sixth. Oh, look at
1: that! Yeah, hmm. um, but even though his name was Edward.
3: Yeah, I mean they choose to, uh, well. I, I, Elizabeth didn't, but a lot of them choose different.
1: Choose like, new names. May, new
3: Why names not be King. like King Laserface? Just like popes do,
2: <laughs> you know, like picking an uh, awesome Laserface. name. Yeah, like being King like, Laserface. Yeah, or you know, like I'm going to be. I don't know, King Wolf Blitzer. That's a great name.
3: That is Just a great name. Just pick it and be the king, King Wolf. Yeah. That's what I, what I don't know Bryn, she yeah, I was formerly the Duchess of Windsor there you, are, so, there you are so that's what I'm saying like we're doing Wallace a
1: disservice all this chat about Meghan being the first American to marry into the royal family not to not to be you know um, being any at all in any way negative about what's just happened but you know let's not forget Wallace it's okay. all I'm saying let's yeah. not forget and you her. know many people I think think she got treated kind of badly because you know the thing about the British aristocracy is so many of them are bunch of massive assholes and mm-hmm. are like a, a sort of extraordinary snobs there's always like this weird <laughs> moment with a royal wedding I think like you know don't get me wrong. It's been funny being in the States with that actually because so many people are like what do you think about the royal wedding and I'm just I always find myself the few times I've been asked it's like well you know what I mean I don't I'm not going to poop on anyone's love parade um, because I wish anyone who's getting married the best I hope they I wish them all happiness but I couldn't give less of a F word about the British royal family I mean I probably and I say that with a sort of maybe 95% of people—is that true 5% of me kind of finds them interesting and I find the symbol the symbols of monarchy and what it means to the nation pretty fascinating but you know it's not something that occupies my heart in any way Anyway, do you know? I'm not kind of like mm-hmm. oh they're all family. Oh my god, thank God. See, and, I, you know, like I, weep when the when the flag is raised. I feel the exact like
2: same way, but
3: in my accent, which just makes me sound ignorant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I really do. Like I'm just like I don't. Care. I didn't like I wake up and watch it or anything like that, but I did appreciate something like, pleasant that the news was obsessed with. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think totally. that was yeah. a very nice change oh, good, of pace. And everybody was like... just like, this is, like, I saw some people like, this is so dumb. Like, why are we talking about this? I'm like, would you rather go back to talking right, about right, our right, usual scheduled programming of, like, what something dumb that our president yeah.
1: did? And actually, what I'm entirely behind, even though I didn't, you know, tune in to watch it, but I watched the highlights. I watched the highlights, like the sports. I watched the highlights later. Um, but, you know, I think, actually, you know, the symbolism of... A American black woman marrying to the British royal family, and also having a gospel choir, and then having a preacher from Chicago talk you know, mm-hmm. quoting M. L. K. about the power of redemptive love, you know, in like the chapel in Windsor, in the, like, which is essentially the seat of old empire. I think that's extraordinarily. Pa- I have no issue yeah, with that. Sure. I mean, I, that is, I think, something that has an extraordinary amount of symbolic Symbolically, value. It was really, yeah, cool. yeah mm-hmm. really amazing. And um, and actually, I found, I found that very moving. So that was, I guess, the 5% part of me in terms of my Britishness that sort of kicked into gear. In terms of my fire escapeness kicking into Mm it about how powerful i know that it can be when these two fine nations come together in such a way um but i guess what also strikes me and the same thing happened during william and kate's wedding is that in the uk like everyone can be so sort of cynical and piss-taking about the royal family you know because essentially so much of it is still mental you know they kind of own huge swathes of land which essentially have been there since feudal times you know but so much of it is really peculiar and i guess generally i'm probably a bit more fan of the scandinavian model where they keep their symbolic value and they don't own quite as much stuff you know but they have a certain they're kind of within the sort of framework of Mm -hmm. the societies and everyone understands that but they don't have the sort of still... You know, there's still a huge amount of... Not just symbolic, but even though they say there's no constitutional power accorded to the monarchy in the UK, or political power, it's not strictly true. And yeah. they have a huge amount of accumulated wealth, to, you know, which in a modern sense is kind of strange. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure they're nice people in many respects, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the whole of that is all a bit odd. And I'm not quite sure how I feel about it. It all just makes me feel weird. But there's always this weird sense when... like, So when William and Kate got married, everyone in the UK is always about, about the aristocracy and posh people. Knee-jerk, very kind of like, oh, fuck off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, but whenever this happens, everyone's just like, "Oh, I love them." Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Like, amazing, amazing. I was listening to uh, I was listening to an interview on the Jesus and Miro show on Viceland with Nikki Glaser, and she was like making fun of uh, like she does this whole thing where she like makes fun of Meghan Markle on her Instagram mm-hmm. like stories because she thinks she's super fake. Uh, but she was like, but if I met her in person, like, I'm fake, too. I would be like, I love you so much. You're an inspiration, <laughs> like, all of this stuff. And, I'm like, yeah, that's true. I mean, like, we all, like, the I, the concept of it is, uh, is like, ridiculous logically. Yeah. But then there's this, like, weird, you know, subconscious, li- or just even just the idea. Yeah, which is, oh, totally. Like, Wait a minute, why am I in? You know, like there's just like this weird subconscious enjoyment of it, also. We're just like, this is weird. Yeah, why yeah. do I enjoy this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like, but that kicks in. And I think it's something really ancient. It's a weird way. Like, I really love, I mean, the thing I miss about Europe when I'm here is the way that sort of old civilization is sort of wrapped into the land. You know, there's that weird sense of. You that, said the Clydesdale horses with like knights
3: on them and. Yeah, all yeah. that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, as much dragons. as I, it's
1: easy to sort of. Lots of dragons and corgis. Um, uh, you know, it's easy to sort of mock the attitudes of the people who represent a lot of that older stuff because you know there's so much snobbery and status that goes with that and it's Mm -hmm. deep tedium you know when you encounter Mm -hmm. i mean i went to university with a lot of people like that and it was something absolutely delightful but you know also some of them just have this is kind of absolutely like extraordinary like you can tell it's like sort of genetic sense of entitlement and it's just bananas to actually encounter because you're like where's this come from you know um but it I'm quite into the history of a lot of that as well. So I'm, mm-hmm. I feel like there's there's elements of myself which can be quite hypocritical about that because when you go to some of those places or if you're invited into a bit of that world, which I have done a little bit in my life. I remember I went to some extraordinary like 21st birthday parties when I was at college. And... Um, in these amazing old houses you know people who are I consider to be really good friends of mine but you get a window into that world and I can suddenly when I think of my memories of that I think I encounter which is something which is quite contradictory that I too share that sense of being a bit like oh that stuff's really old and stuffy and represents things which aren't helpful anymore but then a part of me is like wow that house is so awesome and what a beautiful picture and Mm -hmm. I love the grounds you know and I wish I could have that you know what I mean like both things seem equally true and I kind of miss parts of that there's something there's a strange relationship Mm -hmm. there between those parts of... And maybe that makes me sort of solidly British middle class in that respect, you know, like looking upwards yeah. um, and, with, you know, wanting a little bit of that... I mean, I, I don't know. I, I grandeur think maybe. Pretty, history, history and grandeur. I
3: maybe. think it's kind of... There's a... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that's uniquely British. I mean, I definitely think that that exists... Like all over, like, I think there's something that there's something to that. At least if it's done in the right capacity, there's something super, uh, fascinating about it, I guess. Yeah. Like the grand, you know, like going to see, like, I mean, you know, the closest thing for like Americans are like the robber baron era of like the late 1800s, early 1900s. And everybody can talk about, yeah. Like, that. I was about to say, the Biltmore are like, like Rockefeller center or yeah. something like that. And you can talk all you want about like the problematic things that they did, which were many, but like the Biltmore is very cool. And yeah. Rockefeller center is very cool. And yeah. like all of these things are, it's like, I don't know. Like there's like, a, it's hard, it's hard to like wrestle with of like, I don't know. Like some of this stuff is like, and it's not just the buildings. I don't know. I think that there's, I don't feel like I'm making any sense right now. No, but, no, exactly you what know. no, I mean. But I think it's like there's a, something we've talked about a lot in the past
1: which is that sense of like there's something of the appeals of history of like the old structures and the sort of, you know, the primal powers or a lot of that stuff. So there's something slightly it kind of taps into something dare I say like a little bit mythic. You know, kings and queens all that stuff, you know, these like old stories that we've lived with for millennia and actually like the move away from those into slightly more egal- yeah. egalitarian or meritocratic ideals is a relatively recent thing in human history, you know. And so I certainly can believe the, how the power of those things are not only still in the structures of everything we engage with on a day to day basis, but the
3: stories we tell, you know, all these things, and and so like Game of Thrones is the biggest show on the planet Earth right now. You know what I mean, like, and that's essentially <coughs> what it's just about. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. All that's exactly. I, don't know. I mean, I, but you know, I've seen both sides. I'm now thinking back to I went to Bristol University which in the UK is sort of famously known as being one it's not quite it's not Ivy League it's not sort of Harvard or anything like that but it's considered mm-hmm. to be a really good college and it's what we call the red like a red brick and like a red the bricks are red essentially yes. in a lot of the buildings which is sort of 19th century sort of era but not really old like the Oxford and Cambridge's and mm-hmm. Andrew's and Durham's and stuff but um, it's kind of and it's famously like the joke would be that people who didn't get into Oxford or Cambridge will go to somewhere like Bristol or Edinburgh or there's a variety of other sort of top tiery type colleges where, like, the, the, the Oxbridge rejects, of which I was one, proudly so, went to. And I had a fantastic time in Bristol, and it was absolutely brilliant. And I remember chatting to friends of mine who went to Oxford and Cambridge and thinking after a while, thank God I didn't go there because they work five times hard as me, and I'm having a really fantastic time. <laughs> you <Yep. laughs> know, he said, while sitting on his armchair smoking a spliff and you know reading isn't reading a novel and only having three hours of lectures a week which was basically my life you know Um, but however there also was at Bristol a very large proportion and I think it because it had these like Oxbridge reject um, joke about it or flavour and I still think it has that probably is that there was a lot of people from because obviously Brits are obsessed with class like absolutely obsessed with class Mm -hmm. from what you would call um, or what would get called I'm never really entirely certain about how you draw these boundaries but if I was going to be really, really generalised about it. That I would say you'd call the upper classes or the aristocracy, you know. And um, and you do I did get for about three years of my life in my dorms, particularly. I met lots of people. And there was one particular dorm which, basically, seemingly they all went to as well, and it looked like an old castle. And hilariously, had been built by a guy whose son had not got into Oxford. And then he was like, "I will build you an Oxford College in a different university." <laughs> and all like the really, really posh people went to it. But you know, you met some of them, some absolutely delightful, and some of them became my pals. But I think you have this. Int- I had. This weird window into that world for for about three years and I can remember being 19 to about 22 when I was at college and part of me feeling like I wanted to be a part of that and I think the thing that really I think I aspired to was not not so much necessarily wealth because weirdly one of the things you've got a window into was that some of them actually strangely didn't have like crazy amounts of cash not to say that they were poor but they weren't I think in the sense of what you think about in terms of being crazy worth huge amounts of ready money yeah it was that thing of being like I mean, I remember very, very well, a really dear friend it's of mine. class. Yeah, it's a class thing. Yeah. Or you realize you saw the complications of that in weird ways, which was that, so they'd have asset wealth, you know, for example, rather maybe than like huge amounts of ready yeah. cash wealth. But it's all relative, isn't it? I mean, because obviously people in real poverty—they're just like they're rich as fuck. Let's be honest. But, yeah. You know, in terms of like maybe some ideas though of extreme, extraordinary wealth, like 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 people who a- are financiers or no, in term, no, nothing. In terms, like terms that, of yeah. like
3: Richard Branson would not yeah, be like, considered exactly. in that no, aristocracy. Yeah. But he has more money than all of them combined. Exactly. like that mm-hmm. type of.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, but you know you'd really encounter that. And it, but I think what I'm trying to get at is I felt like you would not enc- I mean, you encountered a slightly sort of I, I remember seeing both sides of the coin of something which felt really ugly and a bit weird, and they're both of them were at parties. So the ugly and a bit weird was I remember going to like come the second year of college, not about you guys, but like twenty first birthday parties in the UK can be quite a big, you know, there's like the rite of passage party, mm-hmm. and people will often have these big big parties wherever, whether it's like in a restaurant or, but because there was these groups of people at that college and me and some of my pals kind of fell in with a group of these people who were from that sort of group. And I remember going to some of these birthdays and they were extraordinarily interesting. And one of them, like the sort of ugly side of it, we went to a girl's birthday party at this like stately home in Wiltshire. I've never forgotten it because the theme was, and I should have seen it coming, but I was 19 and, or 20 and deeply, deeply ignorant because the theme for the party was, and I shit you not, out of Africa. Oh no. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Oh, and no. and I just put oh. and it was like black black tie stroke out of Africa And I didn't think Anything of it at the time I was just Oh I'll just wear a tuxedo Ooh, I black was, ties and Slash I was t- out of You know Africa? that was like The theme so with your you tuxedo either
3: Wear a tuxedo Oh okay and
1: Yeah yeah No 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 So it gets weirder right? So we turned up At this 21st birthday party I can't
3: take cloth ties And
1: um, this girl Who was so delightful When I knew her at college But I hardly knew her But she invited like 300 people to this party But she was really lovely As far as I knew And we turned up at this house and it was this like stately pile and it was in a big marquee. And there were quite literally all these like old white boys, you know, these old posh aristocratic guys in their 60s, like probably her uncles and grandparents and all that variety of like extended family and friends, literally walking around with, you know, like with, um, you know, sort of lion skins on their heads. And a couple of guys yes. blacked up, and I was there with my friend, my friend Ben, in fact, who was Jewish and from North London, you know, oh, who no. has, the, you know, and
3: you, there, were black, there was blackface. And going there, on. yeah, there was blackface oh, going no. on. And we
1: remember, I was sitting there on this table you didn't in say the this corner. One, this
3: girl's name, did you? No, no, I have okay, not I said you. her name. You know, I'm not <laughs> going to because actually, weirdly, I
1: wonder. I have often thought about it and wondered about. It was such a window into an attitude. So now I look back at it and I go, like, this is like old Empire made flesh. Do you know what I mean this is like old England, like, yeah. it, or the the bad side of that personified oh yeah like almost like emblematic there's the of like everything that was bad about it a sort of flippant mocking attitude you know and and i remember just sitting there in the corner with my friend ben and the two of us just like we were just in this sort of state of sort of like frozen horror for the entire evening. And we just like spent our time walking around these palatial grounds, you know, sort of smoking and drinking and being as far away from it as we possibly could. But it was also sort of like grimly fascinating, like watching a car crash, you know, watching this sense of something. And everyone just getting steamingly drunk and eating this three-course meal and dancing to a bad band, you know, whilst all these uh, old people were walking around with like sort of
3: bad mock African... Co- I mean, like, you could make it up. It was... I mean, you could make it up I mean- because weirdly it's sort of... This just to me sounds like every fraternity, like costume fraternity party. Mm-hmm. But I
1: think it taps into yep. a similar yeah. thing, weirdly. Yeah. It's like that slightly sort of odd mocking power dynamic where people yeah. are like, it's only for fun, but you're like, oh, but it's not really because you don't understand how emblematic this is of everything that's bad and wrong about many things yep. you know what I mean, in society. But the second side of that was the other party I remember going to, which was really wonderful, was also another person's 21st. And it was another window into the other side of this sort of, I guess you'd say class or group or tribe or whatnot. It was like, it was someone at the time, a very dear friend of mine. And she was like really lovely and quite shy. And I had no, I could tell she was a bit posh, whatever that means, but she had no sense of her coming from where she came from. And she invited loads of people to this party, And we all got on a train and we went all the way up to Scotland. And I remember we traveled in this bus and ended up, went through like a forest over a hill and we ended up in this like palace. I mean, there's no other word for it. Like, it was like the Palace of Versailles. I was—I remember being like, "What the fuck is happening?" But the whole place was falling to bits. It was like something out of a fairy tale, and I've never forgotten it because we—what was so vivid about it was like the most astonishing place I've ever seen. And she was so—her like, family are just like the best people, really delightful, incredibly welcoming but this place was so huge but what you got this you got this vivid vivid sense that it it was so big that it was impossible to take care of yeah you know that this was like
3: maybe like and they actually, had to keep up the appeal like they had to they couldn't sell it you know what I yeah, mean? or else that would be admitting defeat uh, or yes maybe capacity. yeah absolutely
1: I mean I actually don't know for certain because it's never some, something i ever talked of and so I guess everything I'm relaying is really just partly out of memory now mm-hmm. but also I can remember my feelings about it which was just like it was extraordinarily beautiful and it was in the most beautiful part of the country it was kind of hidden away it was in this sort of magical forest on the back into the, uh, the hills, the edge of the highlands, or something, mm-hmm. but it was kind of not fought, falling to bits is a bit unfair. But it was—I remember to give you a picture of it. Was they? This is to give you an idea of how big it is. They mm-hmm. sat two hundred people for dinner at the foot of the stairs. Like, wow that's at the foot of the stairs but it wasn't like they just but they're
3: like the same group photo or something yeah like that. it
1: was yeah. just bananas but they um they accumulated a series of um tables so they didn't you know there probably was somewhere in the building a probably a big dining room they could have done mm-hmm. it because it was big enough but it wasn't open they couldn't use it anymore i don't think so they put in a really sort of ramshackle kind of charming way loads of tables back to back Kind of awesome. At the foot of one of those grand staircases, and so you know, if you think of a movie where there's this big sort of curving stand, grand staircase that yeah. goes up to the upper, kind of goes, curves off in either side. It was one of those staircases, and they put these long, lots of like shoved together, sort of tables in one long table at the at the foot of the first, at the bottom of the foot of the stairs, and sat two hundred people. But they didn't have two hundred people's worth of cutlery. They'd been borrowing cutlery from friends. You know, they didn't have. It, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there was this like hilarious sort of mishmash of stuff and everyone had plastic cups or, you know, so it was a bit like camping and having a meal. And they'd made, just I just in this,
3: like, really but, old but
1: palace. But this, this in this really old palace. And at the, I remember that one of the toilets that you could reach was at the top of the stairs, at the top of this grand staircase. And then there were these doors heading off. But they, basically, they were like, don't go down the doors. And there was one doorway you could go through in order to get to the toilet. And if you went through that doorway, there was a long corridor heading down into a wing, right? You know, as far as the eye could see. But that was the one that was accessible, so that was, I think, where they lived. But then there were these other doors heading off this. And I remember opening one. And you were totally like, You're not, I literally look, did that down thing. And the... I like, opened through these double doors. And I remember it really vividly because it was like a little window into a fairy tale or something. Because it was that thing, and you see in those movies, where everything was covered with Tara Paulins. Yeah. And like, it was dust in the air. That was so much so that I remember coughing. And like, you had this crazy sense. Coming back to
3: Wayne Manor. Yeah. Mm.
1: You, it was a bit like coming back to Wayne Manor. But you kind of walked in there. I remember looking and just thinking this place not only is enormous but it's just beyond the capabilities you can't even live in it I mean you can't yeah. even live in it but yet they were living it and obviously there was this sense just like you
3: said that they, I'm sure they did everything this in their power family to home. hold yeah, it as their like, family home and of course you want yeah. to protect that but the, the grounds but were over can't like yeah. afford to employ the people that it takes mm-hmm. to yeah. maintain the
1: place and I remember we like there were like drinks beforehand in their one sort of lounge lobby room and it was exquisitely beautiful with like old pictures and sort of you know, like faded, sort of you know, gold leaf. I mean, it was like something out of it, like an eighteenth-century restoration picture or something. Mm-hmm. But I think that was the only room that was that kept. Was the up. room
3: that they were like, this we can do this, this room. Yeah, we can yeah. do this room. But that's anyway, you're but that was we'll come to yeah. your Scottish palace and help you fix it up. Yeah,
1: yeah, but and I think that if I remember correctly, and I may be wrong, but I have this memory of like I think they'd started to try and get location people to use it for you know for TV shows and mm-hmm. stuff because oh, it's that's like, how you get it fixed up. Yeah, nope. but no, no, but but no, but it, I think there's no way that I would even pay for it but it's just like because the amount it Too would much. cost to keep that shit going anyway the point of all this apart from that's a little you know paint a nice picture of like the faded British aristocracy made flesh but I can remember being there in that one and it felt like the the opposite of that first story you know with this sort of like yeah. weird horrific old colonial racism sort of like bounding mm-hmm. around whilst everyone kind of gets completely shit faced on sort of cheap champagne Whereas in this other one, was it felt like we were sort of camping in this like old mm-hmm. dream, really. Yeah, you know, and it was really lovely. And I think it, what I can remember and feeling at the time was feeling like not. I think part of me was like, God, I wish I had this enormous crumbling old palace, yeah. you know, because it's most amazing <clears throat> playground. But it felt tucked away, and it felt like history. It felt like you'd wandered yeah, it's into like they this were preserving some, preserving something, something as best as they could, as best as they could. And I guess that slightly nostalgic sense for something, and it was filled with beautiful things, you know, just like beautiful old stuff you know I remember finding that both really beautiful and obviously kind of sad you know it's a very quintessentially sort of British melancholy I think which is this sort of nostalgia for sort of contemporary hit for sort of recent British history but that felt like a positive side to the uglier side that I'd Mm -hmm. witnessed elsewhere and they were a lovely family and it was a really beautiful party sort of coupled together and you know friends of ours we played they had a band and they had a big stable you know out the back it was beautiful but anyway, that, that was a really long-winded sort of two-sided coin anecdote to try and explain why I think a lot of British people, in terms of when these royal weddings kind of pop up, that so many of the negative aspects of, like, the British class system can occupy our consciousness mm. for so much of the rest of the year. Because so much of it is unfair and weird and strange. So there's so much weird snobbery. But you get this sort of weird bubble, I think, of of a sort of nostalgia for something that you'd probably never be able to attain anyway. That those sort of, um, that those weddings or that side of it shows. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like a weird, like envy gets put aside and you kind of briefly feel like you might be a part of it or something. You know?
3: Mm -hmm. Speaking of, yeah, so you were talking about how um, earlier about the, you know, that you wished that sometimes wish it was like more like the Scandinavian model of like the monarchy and stuff yeah, like
1: that. Yeah, I don't feel too educated on what the Scandis do, but I think they they they've, 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 not they've scaled they've scaled it back, I think. But
3: basically. what I did see is that the royal family, the British royal family, I'm not sure if any of the other I feel like the British royal family is like the most world famous at yeah. least at this time like people know who Queen Elizabeth is, etc. I know who uh, she is. Who? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Queen, Queen Elizabeth the first, the one, you know, from uh the one from the 1500s, you know, the Spanish Armada, all, all that stuff. But I will say that huh. it, Cape, drives, Cape uh, it drives it yeah. drives a lot of tourism. Oh yeah, that's the tons argument. tourism. Wait, what does the that, English family, the, the British royal yeah, family? Yeah, oh yeah, going to Buckingham Palace and all that. And that segues us perfectly into this this yeah. week's <laughs> topic. <laughs>
2: Nicely done.
3: High fives all around. I'm going to loudly million pat myself on the back.
2: Yep. Oh. Pat the microphone a little bit. Yep,
3: pat the mi- microphone
1: on the back. <laughs> okay, hit him with that. Do we have a topic this week? I didn't realize we? Yeah, yes, we do. Well, oh, we that. do.
3: Roll tide. International travel, which is really good because That's I what understand I'm about to do. that this evening, Howell John is traveling internationally.
1: I'm traveling internationally. I'm going all the way to the Balearic island of Ibiza for a friend's wedding. Long booked yep, yep, into yep. the diary. My old friend Michelle Tate is getting married. And um, congrats, on a beach, congrats, Michelle. And um, I'm heading there, then I'm going to have like a little brief five-day holiday. I'm going on a beach, swimming in the in sea. In Ibiza. In Ibiza, in Ibiza, in the Ibiza. And um, which is like, as I'm sure, I don't know if you guys know, but everyone in the UK listening will definitely know that Ibiza sort of has a reputation for sort of clubbing and partying. Yep. And, um, wow. but there are some quieter parts, which I'm mostly going to be taking myself into the very quiet, small spots. I believe like, there was some Welsh electronic
3: music- musician who took a pill in Ibiza.
1: There are many, many, many electronic what? musicians who take a pill in Ibiza, it's fair to say. I don't uh, know, Ibiza. I don't yeah. know. To, I, know it's probably I forget like, it is. That? Like, it's probably just a hanger, you know, like a headache pill or something like that, you know, just because after yeah, a yeah, hard night's a party, Advil. you know, a hard, yeah, hard yeah. night's dancing is probably a little bit achy, you Or, know, so yeah, you know, just, a or a,
2: you know a, a fish oil. Yeah, know, yeah just a little Omega, get his Omega 3s out
1: yeah.
3: of balance. Mike Posner. Oh, yeah, there we are. He did. it. the name of the. It's called I took a pill in Ibiza. Oh, is that, that's, a, is that's, 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 that's
1: the name of the song. That's the name of the song. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: this little Welsh island is known for clubbing and like. It's party. not Welsh, now dude. Welsh. It's Spanish. Oh, I thought you. Yeah, were yeah. going That's to Wales. why it's
1: Ibiza. <laughs> I wish it was Welsh. Do, I don't know <laughs> the
2: difference between any <laughs> Welsh words and any other words in the world. Um, if only Wait, if, so like, so it's off of Spain.
1: If only if it was Welsh, um, it'd probably be a whole lot better. But actually, I've never been there, so I can't judge. It looks beautiful, but we're going to go on a five-day break, and then we are. There. Yeah, then I'm retreating to Wales because I have got to write this. Enormous play, and well, that's what I'm going to go and do. So, you are going to Wales, yeah. I am eventually,
2: going to be- to Wales. Not, whatever. <laughs> shut up, okay? it's
1: not in Wales, uh, yeah. It is, <laughs> argue that yeah, it's only because Wales, of course, is everywhere, as we all know. Mm-hmm. 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 Basque, yeah, see C- Basque, Basque, yeah. So, I mean, I'm sort of leaping into some international travels. I'm going to completely ravage myself on the um. On the time differences and the jet lag, which gets increasingly worse to me, is in my dotage. Mm. Dotage.
3: Dotage? What does that mean?
1: What, dotage? Yeah. Dotage means like old, old okay. age. Okay. If you were to okay. say the phrase is like in my dotage, would be like as I go into old age.
3: Good word, right. that, not it? Dotage. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Do- write that it down.
1: Word for the uh, word for the week there, listeners. Use it if you can. As if I if go into Dothan.
3: Well, uh, I wanted to start us off with a little bit of. Uh, you know, international travel history because it's both older and less old than you would expect it to be. Um, so the idea of like, you know, doing a grand tour of like Europe or whatever, yes. I'm not sure about in, in talk, more Eastern like vacation travel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Vacationally travel. So, uh, that, you know, extends back to essentially like wealthy young men were encouraged in Rome you know from like Roman times up through uh like medieval times at least specifically in Europe I don't, I don't this uh re- a very interesting article from uh I believe a university in British Columbia did not uh specify if there was any of this going on in the uh you know in the east uh or in other places but it was specifically talking about Europe but uh, people would, you know, be encouraged to go on the grand tour. That's mm-hmm. where, yeah, like, yes. the grand tour of yeah. uh, like cars or things like that come from. Grand touring models, Grand Turismo. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's yeah a, doing a, yeah touring it, model. It was a fun Like, a, actually, it was a really nice link in terms of what we were just talking about because, like, doing one's grand tour was a classic. Was like the classic rite of passage in yeah. sort of like aristocratic classes like, for like a couple of hundred years in the UK. Yep, the eldest son would be sent on his grand tour. With a uh, normally with like a Godfather figure, or something. so as wild oats. Yeah, to mm-hmm. sow as wild oats and to learn, um, and it, it was like I think tied into not only so like becoming a man or like getting a sort of European education that you'd kind of go to the great cultural spots around Europe.
2: Yeah, this where you go and get your like your, your elephant tusks.
1: Yeah, you your, go you go and get your, your elephant safari tusks. Safari and all that.
3: <clears throat> we usually go around just. Oh, just just Europe. Europe. It was just yeah. around Europe. So, so like, like, you go to Carnival and yeah, you, you go know, to Paris, you
1: go to Rome, you go to Venice. You know, you go to the main sort of cultural see points. See the Colosseum. It's you know, and sort of literally learn some learn some languages. Um, Same
3: thing high school kids do now on like those chaperone led. Mm. Trips,
1: And also, also it was like a weird thing. I think it was about being presented into a European aristocratic society as well. So, you know, there'd be sort of links across and you'd mm-hmm. go and stay with a variety of people. But it would never be, it would always... People trying to push their daughters on
3: you. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, to be married mm-hmm. off.
1: But um, but it. Int- I think one of the interesting things about it, which has been slightly lost, obviously, is this idea almost of mentorship, you know, that you wouldn't go with your mum and dad, obviously, because they were your parents. Right? Yeah. And so you wouldn't be able to go with them because it was more like there was a fundamental belief that you couldn't be like be introduced into the world your parents do everything up to a point and then as yeah. you're traversing into manhood you need you can't do that still by yourself but you need someone trusted who's like a bridge between them so like a godfather figure or someone similarly posh who's a man of leisure you mm-hmm. can be like i can take a year out of my time and take this young think, chap uh, off to venice
3: like, think mel gibson's uncle from braveheart that was what that was remember oh, like well, his uncle shows up and takes him yeah I mean that's what that is supposed to be symbolizing. Like in real like uh, that see. he he probably had like a fan yeah. like that actually took him around and taught yeah. him Latin and all these things. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, like yeah, what well, yeah. you're supposed to do as a as a young aristocratic boy yeah I don't think it's weird it's kind of something about it that's sort of I
1: find sort of strangely I don't know maybe I'm just tapping into the same strange um, sort of nostalgia for something I've never really known but I think it's just a really nice idea but like the mentorship idea of it I think I yeah. find really appealing that there's mm. someone who goes don't worry I'll let you do your thing you're going to grow and be your own person but I'll sort of keep a BDI but you know but you get to do the things that you haven't been allowed to do up until this point yeah you know learn a bit of Latin very useful yeah you know go to the bordellos of Florence or whatever.
3: Okay, so moving on from that, uh, the word hospitality apparently predates the use of the word tourism. So, you know, there's a lot of like staying with, there obviously weren't that many hotels and stuff. So you would go and stay like with these other families and guests and stuff when when they would do that. But uh, the word tourist first appears in print in 1772. The William Theobald suggests that the word comes from Greek and Latin words for circle and turn so it's like the idea of tourism is like you go out and do a big circle like yeah. and then come return home
2: yeah
1: huh. huh well that's where tour comes from yeah tour is, huh explain that to me again one more time
3: as in like sorry, you go out and I'm make sorry. a big circle and then you know like I think it all like comes from that like the grand tour of like oh, make right, a big right, circle right, right, like right, you start right, from right. home you make a big circle and then you return home huh yeah I guess it makes sense too with the
2: uh like the later i guess adoption by like the racing community, yep of like a, a grand touring car, yeah or whatever, mm. like a circuit yeah and like all of those
3: things yeah uh
1: noticeable, of course, that these things are just very male as well, but then as well, men were yes. allowed to do that, yep,
3: women yep. not so much the uh not the so first much. travel agency was uh originally commissioned for the British Army that like helped them figure out how to get places all over the world. It was a uh, called Cox and Kings. It was founded in 1758. Uh, so they would like organize, huh. you know, like they were the travel agent of like the British Royal Army and figure out how to get places. The first uh, civilian travel agency came in 1841. Thomas Cook he opened the first leisure travel agency. Designed to help Britons improve their lives by seeing the world and participating in the temperance movement, still
1: exists. Thomas Cook, really? It's one of the biggest tourist agencies in the UK. Yep. Well, that's Absolutely.
3: the original, yep, yeah. leisure travel agency. The Thomas Cook, it. helping
2: helping moms find. Uh you know, good good prices on condos. Seriously, yeah. they've in been. They,
1: Thomas Cook are like the, now they remain one of the leading. You know, for sort of what they call package holidays. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You're, you're oh, going yeah. go to you're gonna go to a beefer mm-hmm. and go for a rave
3: in Wales. This is pretty in crazy. Wales. <laughs> in 1845, he ran his first commercial package tour, complete with cost-effective railway tickets and a printed guide. So wow. I mean, there were tour guide like this. 18. What, what day did I say? 1845. 1845. Like you know while like before the civil war there are like here's your here's your tour thing of like you're gonna take this train to here for like the next two days and you know That's it's so like a bunch weird. of like for you know like like older couples who's like who are empty nesters you know mm-hmm. that was the first that was the first group of people same people to do these things now oh yeah they were just like going around eating little sandwiches yep Taking the, taking tin type photos of the going on pizza uh, tours on down Bleecker Street, yeah. But at least back then it might have been d- making acu- daguerreotypes <laughs> where the guys pretending to hold up the uh, Leaning Tower uh-huh. of Pisa. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but at least back then you
1: must have felt like an outlier. Do you know what I mean? Because no one was doing it, you know, yeah. apart from like a couple of aristos training around a seventeen-year-old boy teaching him Latin. You know, mostly it was like yeah. something that you just didn't do. I mean, it brought so, it to the masses. Yeah. Discount <laughs> tickets, printed mm-hmm. guides. Yeah, wow. but when you but when you were one of That's those a dads, like. Mm, but I say one again: is that when you were one of those people back then doing the first Thomas Cooks, you, know, you were probably in a real minority. You know, you yeah. were probably, like, you're an outlier, and like, you were going to these places, and probably the locals were like, oh these people speaking this weird language." I think you, I think
2: you still are an outlier if you take a guided trip these days. No, but, uh, yeah.
1: Like, yeah, but what I'm getting <laughs> at is like tourism is just so now the opposite yeah, yeah, is yeah. true, isn't it? Like you often so, you spend most of your time trying to find something that will be as far away from that as possible. Yeah. yeah. Even though essentially, you know, the, the strange thing about this, is essentially, you're still a tourist. You know, you're always still a tourist. Yeah. But like, I definitely carry that weird hypocrisy, which is just like I don't. Want to seem like I'm a tourist. I don't tourist. seem like a tourist. I'm not yeah. a tourist. Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: I'm not unless a tourist it's, unless it's beneficial
1: for you. But where's the really like, good restaurant? I don't want like to go and see the, the fun. The spots I want to see. You know what I mean? It's
3: real. Yeah. Well, real we can stuff. pretend like we just know because we have like Yelp now, and we're like, mm-hmm. well, if it, this is like where the locals go.
1: I want to stay in a real place. with yeah.
3: Reality. I want reality. Yep. I want to experience the reality of this place. <laughs> that other place isn't tactile.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. So that's one of those things where. um Oh, you just said something that jacked my brain, and then it just completely shot out of my brain.
1: Well, in and out, it's went into just went yeah, into, yeah. in and, out, went in in and out, man. But I can just say, my, my modern experience.
3: Oh. What? I now i remember what it oh, was it reminds it's me back, of it's uh, back it was a boomerang it reminds me of when of like how like it's so strange now that like we ride escalators and like elevators all the time and don't think anything about it and like a hundred years ago people rode horses all the time and didn't think anything about it and now like we pay to ride horses mm-hmm. and back then they would wait in line and pay to ride like an elevator yeah you're like oh yeah, yeah.
1: totally and, and like we're all still lemmings in that respect right you know I remember in, t- in terms of horses actually this makes me think of I have I've, I I walked the in terms of being a lemming and thinking you're doing something different <laughs> and in fact you're just riding the elevator as much as everyone else is just when about four years ago I did the I walked the Camino de Santiago which is that. You know, yeah. pilgrimage trek for those of you listening who aren't aware of what that is, but most of you probably will be. It's a very famous pilgrimage trek across northern Spain and it's about it's about 850 kilometers long and it takes about a month to do. I did it in two stages because I got sick on the first time and I had to come back. Anyway, but the second time when I went to finish it off, it was a, a first class example in terms of like the mass, how mass tourism has reached even to the places that are supposed to be like unique and individual. That the Camino is sold on the fact, or it's not even what well, it's now sold, but it was never sold it was known as a thing you did for your individual self you'd you'd be a pilgrim even if you're not necessarily christianly minded it's something you do you know in the wilderness alone you walk through there are places you can stay you know but now, so many people do it. It's just you walk along these stretches, and I have this vivid memory of in the summertime walking across the flat of the Massetta, and you could just see hundreds of people. This oh, trail yeah. ahead of you, right? And I was just like, we're all just sheep heading in the same direction, you know. And it was like a, quite a vivid metaphor for like the ways sort of these yeah. things have become: is that it's so widely known, and you can learn about everything on the internet. It's so easy and get cheap flights, mm. blah blah blah. That you know, the challenge of doing it remains because it's a long way to walk. But sure, yeah. it's sort of uniqueness. <clears throat> I had this day thinking that and it was this long, you walked 30 kilometres that day across mostly rolling and pretty flat landscape and you could see hundreds of people ahead all walking in the same direction. I remember just walking along being like, this is beautiful but you know, we're all just doing, it It was a bit, not as depressing but I was just a bit like, hey, just, I'm not as, you know." and actually maybe this was the useful lesson. I was like, I'm not as interesting think am. I'm just doing what everyone else yeah. is doing and yeah. you know, everyone else yeah. needs to, to go forward. for a long walk too and maybe that's a useful lesson to learn. But suddenly, halfway through the afternoon, this is where the horse comes in I saw on the horizon because you could just see the path it's just this one path and it goes rolls on you know through these fields and I saw something heading in the other direction steadily approaching through these like 200 people ahead of me trudging towards Santiago and it got closer and closer and I was like wow who's that going the other way. And steadily, steadily, as they got closer, I saw it. it, it I could see it's a horse. I Gump. could see a horse, and it was Forrest Gump. I could see a horse, but there was a man and a woman walking together with this horse, and they had they they'd packed things. They had a pack horse with mm-hmm. them, and they had their belongings on either side of the horse. And I remember them vividly because they were sort of kind of alarmingly attractive the pair of them sort of like a handsome looking dude and a beautiful woman but they look kind of weathered, worn, sunned but the real key thing was that the thing that stuck with me and they had this beautiful looking horse and they were just walking the other way (laughs) you know and you could look ahead and see 200 of us sheep all trudging towards the same place that we thought was terribly interesting but these two people were walking the other way yeah and I often find myself thinking about that now. I often think of them when I feel like I'm stuck in a rut or I feel like I'm doing what everyone else is doing, which everyone else is, I imagine. Do you know what I mean? I often think of those two people and think, huh, they were walking the other way. I wonder where they were going.
2: Mm-hmm. You well, me know? Me and, were talking, and they had a horse. Uh, we were talking about this the other night <clears throat> about like, you know, me and me and Brandy have some trips coming up and you know, we went to Nicaragua last year and that's like, you know, the, my international travel is just started you know just started doing it as of last year um and i've been i've been thinking about how how to do it uh responsibly
1: huh, responsibly am um, uh, you know with huh.
2: yeah well like it just i mean essentially as like you know if you're traveling to places as like you know a middle-class white dude you know w- uh, how how to go to places like nicaragua or you know, somewhere that is in, you know, much, uh, much poorer and just like much harder life, like the people that you're going to visit and, you know, enjoy their, their home. How do you do that without being, I mean, without being an asshole, essentially like without, you know, how, how do you do it? Like, is it, is it wrong to go and stay at a resort in a very poor place? Or should you try to... I, I don't know. I, you know. I've been been thinking about this a lot lately. Me and Coulter were talking about it. Um, and
1: Well, you know, obviously, tourism is going to be extraordinarily beneficial in many respects, just in terms of pure economy to lots of places, no matter sure. what. But yeah, it's well, in terms I, of the choices you're I, making around what. But I think it depends, yeah, yeah.
2: too. And I think it also depends on, like, I'm trying to figure out how I... You know, I, I came into it with, like, I think, you know... Uh, I, I don't want to do these things or whatever, and you know, and me and Coulter Colter kind of pushed back, and we had a bit of a discussion about the thing, and and I think it, it helped me to realize more of like, okay, maybe maybe there's not is so much of a right or wrong way to, to mm-hmm. travel internationally as far as like, I think there are some things that are, are in my opinion, there's things that are exploitative and, and like and unethical, you know, that are just uncool. But I'm trying to figure out more of like, how do
3: I personally feel about the way that I want to interact with people.
2: If there's I'm going nothing like to visit qualitatively them home.
3: wrong, I feel like about going to a resort or something like that. As long as it's not a resort that is taking advantage, that's like specifically taking advantage of the people in the place, or is, you know, maybe that there's something going on with like human trafficking or something yeah. something bad. Like, in, unfortunately, in some resort, like in a lot of resort places, that type of stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's, you just, you know, I think it's on us. With especially in the age of the internet, that we can just know those things, we just should.
2: Yeah, well, and I think that's that's the thing I've been thinking about a lot with international travel is like, you know, like like I, mean, I don't know, I won't speak for y'all, but a thing that I do often is like, you know, come out with my thoughts hot. You know, I'm like, this is what's right, this is what's wrong, and anything else is, you know, if you don't, do it, yeah, you know, you come out. I come out with a hot take oftentimes, and the longer Fresh, and longer I think about takes. it. Um, hot takes are good for are good for the uh, the numbers though. Hot takes are good for the numbers. Yeah. I mean, That's this
3: true. is we're good, totally cutting this out of the episode. Yeah, this is all like background <laughs> stuff. But we need to, you know, garner up a little controversy. Yeah. yeah,
2: hot takes. Yeah, but you know, I don't know. I, I do think uh, You've if ever if I been to was an gonna... all
3: inclusive resort, you suck. Yeah, I didn't say that. That was p- wrong. Why did you say that?
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think I what I what I am willing to say firmly is that like I think. Uh, You know, with like when when we went to Nicaragua, for example, I don't think I don't think we did anything wrong by going there. We went for an artist in residency. I I don't think there was, but there I did leave with a certain level of uh, questioning. You know, like not necessarily guilt, uh, because I don't think I don't think that that was. But we were like, man, I went to this place that was. You know, these people are literally living in dirt floor shacks. And I'm eating extremely, you know. I'm eating tons of food. I'm drinking. I'm like, I'm having a great time. I'm living a very luxurious lifestyle in the backyard of people who.
1: But you're putting stuff in there, mate, by by going there and spending money. Uh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, in, I think in certain ways. I mean, in in one way, we went to we went to a bar that was owned by a dude who came there from Canada. Yeah, in that. I didn't like that. Like I left feeling. Really?
1: Why didn't you like that?
2: Because I think I was just because because I don't think that was going to help. I don't think that was putting money into anyone. But
1: is it bad than, that a man from Canada has emigrated there and opened a? Bar? I
3: no, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, and that's why I, I mean, other it, than the people that either work there or his supply. I mean, he still has to buy his beer from suppliers and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was it was a pretty wide organization.
3: Yeah, I oh, know, but I mean, like suppliers, uh, as in, like there has people to be some type of warehouse. Trucks, people driving the trucks. Totally.
1: I you're coming yeah, from yeah. in some part. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Because I was quite surprised saying Not that because I don't think I really, of, you know, I don't you know. feel ethically challenged about. Like, I don't think about the process of travel because the world is the world, and there's means to travel, and you know, we're fortunate about growing up in a country that, you know, has provided us with means and opportunities yeah. like which maybe in other countries aren't in that place. But I definitely am with you when I just I find my own instinctively. You know, I don't really like lux- luxury, you know, I don't feel particularly comfortable in luxury. I always feel a bit odd being in mm. a luxurious mm. surrounding when I'm in um, in somewhere which is not very luxurious, you know. I always feel like it feels somehow just more balanced in a more elemental way mm. if you're in like a sort of, you know, place which has struggling economically and you're staying in somewhere which somehow seems more in tune with the general surroundings. But, but you know, I don't feel, also feel bad about paying for some basic comfort either if you can afford
2: but yeah, this this was I think uh, and again, don't get me wrong what I'm not saying that the the dudes who own that bar or the place that we stayed are bad or that there's anything wrong with that. I, I don't think there are I think my my number one feeling of like, like I said I've just been thinking about you this being lately. there and only
3: patroni- yes. like, like patronizing those places being in a place like Nicaragua
2: and hanging out with majority Americans or Europeans. Mostly white people. Canadians. Canadians. Wow. You know, Canadians. like, but in a, in a place that is poor and, and the population is brown. Like, it, it all. My, my point there is to say, for me, I, I left that and I'm, I'm trying to go into future traveling things with just thinking about, like, being intentional with how I want to do it
1: and just being well, like... I'm troubled a bit by that. I mean, just what troubles me, I guess, is on a simple level is just like, can you speak the language people are speaking there? No, but I think you should try. Yeah, I tried. no, certainly, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. But in terms of, of just being try. a human being in the world, being a place where there are some other human beings who are visiting that other place in the world and you all share a language, like it doesn't seem strange to me that you're mostly spending time speaking with them because that's what human beings do if you can't communicate with other human beings, you yeah. know, uh, on, a simple, on a simple level. Um, totally. But I also, myself, I remember like I went to, you know, I was in Brazil f- f- about four years ago and I remember popping down the coast from Rio and Rio is a big international city so it was filled with you know like most yeah. big international cities are there's was a big difference within Rio between like wealth and poverty I mean in an extraordinarily weird way in many respects mm. maybe more so than being here in the States but I can remember more vividly going down the coast to like an island That we'd been recommended and you know, going over and then there was this little town on said island, which was clearly just a resort town and it was just filled with people on holiday. And I remember it being like it just felt a bit weird, partly because it just didn't feel very it's that dreaded word authentic. It just felt a bit sort of plastered on, Mm. you know. Yeah. But at the same time I remember being there, that everyone running every single venue there were it seemed like local people and they were making money off it and just the vibe was a bit plasticky and strange yeah, and yeah. in the same way that actually being in Pensacola I thought fucking sucked for the same reason you mm-hmm. know and that was in the States um, but I,
3: I guess what I mean what I that's hear because you can't appreciate Pensacola on the Riviera stand up P-Town
1: yeah nope. I just don't need that Miller light at 11am on a Tuesday morning
3: well um, <laughs> 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 stay in <laughs> Pensacola then. no bushwhacker you haven't had a bushwhacker yet have you and no, I've never no, been we'll really right
1: there. Yeah, um, it's it's funny like I guess I don't the thing that I struggle with is I don't necessarily it's funny I I share your weirdness about those things. I'm trying to think what it is exactly that I don't tune into because I don't feel I have a sense of guilt about traveling or where I might be traveling to. Um, partly because I feel like the world is open and if you have the ability to well, go, well, that's,
2: that's why I said I, I, I didn't want to use the word guilt. Yeah, that yeah, was like my yeah. natural inclination because it's not, it's not guilt. Cause I don't think you've done anything wrong. Uh, I do think, like I said, for me, the realization I came to with some of this stuff is that like, I you have don't, a preference. I, for... Well, I have a preference and, but I also just don't want to do it mindlessly yeah, I don't want to go somewhere, and it's it's particular, I think, to, mm. to poorer countries. Mm. Going and uh, and honestly, I'll be honest, like, mm. a big part of where this comes from has been watching a lot of Anthony Bourdain mm. and the way he talks about travel. I just personally like it, mm. just kind of appealed to me. Um, but I, I think going to these places, which I just see a lot, you know, in the age of Instagram and, and the internet and everybody documenting mm. everything that they do, I do see a lot of like you know wealthier people who do a lot of world traveling Hmm. but do it all in such an enclosed bubble
1: oh yeah oh god yeah and it's yes completely I think it's
2: more of like a pattern that I've noticed and then I felt like I, I tapped into a little bit myself with going down to you know, Central America it's funny
1: actually because well that's what's interesting I think that's the thing is that I share that entirely like, I just like I have no interest in going somewhere and not feeling like I'm getting a sense of what that place is like I always yeah. found it very weird when you go somewhere and exactly there's some sort of extraordinarily wealthy or maybe not that wealthy resort which has just been built up and it feels in complete separation to the place itself Yeah, you know and people essentially are just paying to go to somewhere which is a bit like where they're from in terms of tastes and smells but just but it happens to be hot, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you, so know, you know, can like, Take pictures of you doing yeah. the Yeah, and that's thing more exactly, conference. yeah. But for me, I just find that uh, I. That's just an experiential thing. I don't think, I don't feel ethically challenged by those people as long as necessarily that's just a question. That feels more like a question of taste to me. I just feel a bit like it sucks in those places. It just feels boring to yeah, me more yeah. than anything else. I, I, I wonder about the, I've never, I mean, this is maybe a fault on my part. I've never, I wouldn't ever think to stay in those sort of places. So I wouldn't yeah. necessarily then think to look up the nature of the hotel resorts or their history or how they're treating local people. Maybe I should be more minded like that because I'm just not thinking to go and stay in them. So it wouldn't enter my headspace. Well, it's more but, just a t- like that's but not even just a hotel yeah. that's like
3: a town thing yeah yeah too. it doesn't mean that like, you just but don't I, support it's just yeah know, but, but
1: I'm yeah, yeah exactly I, I wonder about the eth- the idea of there being ethical implications in saying those sort of resorts because I guess if they're feeding into if they are let's say feeding yeah. into the local economy and giving lots of jobs I wonder if actually maybe you could make the ethical argument that there's positive aspects to it but I would feel the experiential well, see, aspect I wouldn't want any part of it because I just feel like it fucking sucks yeah well and,
2: in and to me like I think that. it feels it just has a touch we, we talk you know you know if we go back and reference our you know our uh you know colonial britain right mm-hmm. like there is there is touches of that there's there's echoes of like uh, uh, colonialism <laughs> to that to me like mm-hmm. there's a big group of you know we'll say um you know americans or canadians or australians or you know whatever like a group a, a, a more uh, what i don't know what the the right term for these things but like developed nations wealthier <coughs> nations that go to other places in the world that are far less wealthy um
3: and are staying together my my you know only I mean? like just... my only pushback on that is like it, I think if you take it too far, it becomes like because there are people who move places that also stay together, sure. and if the power dynamics are swapped, then it's kind of like then you get into that. well, if you want to be in America, you should assimilate into American culture and learn to speak English sure. and, like, well, and, but, you know, yeah. and and like, yeah, and I'm not willing you know, to go, go that far four blocks north of us, there's you know st- straight up Senegalese people mm-hmm. who are just wearing like yeah dish dash yeah, like. Thing. Uh, all that stuff and like
1: and also the experience of luxury I don't think is um, culturally specific to Western nations you know I think it's a general human condition that people like to go somewhere and stay in 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 luxurious surroundings, it just mm. so happens, I think, maybe in a more... The way that the world economy is structured is that m- those yeah. more Western nations are in the position to well, be <clears> investing in the structures of visible. that elsewhere. Yes, have, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, uh, visibility is really high. I hear you, though, Pete. I know what you mean, because I guess yeah. there's something I just feel very uninformed about. It's like, you know, it's about what's being invested, right? Yeah. And, like, and who's putting the money into places like that, and whether they're entirely owned by a Western hotel corporation who's giving people local jobs, but actually like farming the most of the profit of places like that out. out right? it, yeah. You know, I actually, that's something I just it's literally hard. have no idea about. Yeah. I'm not sure how you'd find that out. Well, you have to do a lot I also of also I wouldn't look into it because I wouldn't want to stay there. So yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. and, yeah. And me neither. And that's why, I, that's why,
2: again, I'm not saying I think it's wrong. I mean, it's like we were talking about the other day. I think, mm. you know, in in this day and age, the, the furthest extreme of an opinion is what is often, uh, gravitated I mean, yeah it's, it's like, like that's, that's where, where the conversation lands you yeah know? uh and that's why that's why i'm not again I, I think before me and you talked about it the other day Coulter. i i probably was a little hotter on that take and yeah but, but now it's probably more the other the other way in like yeah well uh, and, and my point is just my point is just for me and maybe all of us but i know i know for me I think international travel is something... I mean, I, I think when me and Brandy went to Paris, right? I, it was... I enjoyed that trip a lot only because we tried really hard to to be uh, as, like, out of the way to the Parisians. You know, the, the not wanting to feel like a tourist thing. Mm, yeah. Mm. Um, and we had a great trip and everyone was so nice and so, like, polite and, and lovely. And, and it, that was more of, like, a proof of concept um of like I think the way I, I would like to travel. But and the
1: problem is that can go full circle. It's like last summer when I went to see my friend Matthew in Portugal for a little five day visit and you know, cheap travel in the mm-hmm. in Europe, right? You can fly from London to Lisbon for like fifty bucks return. It's nuts. Yeah. But um but, you know, I would got an Airbnb for two days in a neighbourhood neighborhood called Alfama, which is one of the oldest neighbourhoods in, in Lisbon. But it was palpably clear as soon as – because I was – literally, that was my instinct. I was like, I'd like to see something a bit more old school and just, mm-hmm. you know, I thought I'd live in some little garret for a couple of days, you know, and just sort of be quiet and maybe sit in some cafes and see, like, people get on with their daily business. But it became very clear immediately that this neighbourhood had become completely swamped by – the same by the, thing. by me, yeah, yeah. By, by people coming by to, do to do the real and
3: actually, and I remember I was staying in, you know, in some. That's the some, biggest problem with Airbnb yeah, is you know, it's I mean, full of people our age a, who are like, I want to live in somewhere yeah, where it's exactly. real, and then you get there, and then you realize that this is just a hotel of houses. Well, yeah. well
0: it wasn't, if it wasn't just <laughs> no it was, almost, it was yep.
1: almost that. So, I, but what was interesting was that I remember I was on Damn the top, top floor of this little. We went into this little back square, and it was, you know, it's it was a, a traditionally working class neighborhood. I think whatever that means, but um, but I remember fairly. The Portuguese the top, people were living in the hotels. The, the, top, the top two... The, the, <laughs> cheaper. The, yeah. The, the top two floors were... Um, uh, the top two floors, I think, had been were turned into... Because essentially, it was a bit like they were all tiny studio apartments. And it used to be a place where working people had lived in these tiny studio apartments. Sometimes with kids, you know. Yeah. And... Um, but the top two floors had also been bought out by locals and they were Airbnb-ing them fairly relentlessly. But, mm-hmm. but the bottom two floors were still working people. And I can remember at this moment on the second day, I came in in the evening and it was like the sun was going down and I, was, and I walked up to the stairs to go up to where I was staying and what the doorway to one of like the studios on the ground floor in this really old building was open, and there was this family in there. There was this guy, and this when they had a small kid, and she was like doing her um, laundry in a bowl on the floor of their little kitchen, you mm. know, squeezing out the water. And he was sitting there on a stool, and he was eating some food. But I just remember he looked up at me, and the look in his eyes was just like "fuck you," yeah, <laughs> you know. And in that yeah. you know, and I remember just being like. Yeah, fuck me. (laughs) You know, absolutely. You know, because there was just this look in in his own, which is, you know, it it just spoke volumes. It was one of those moments. And I don't think I'm projecting. You know, he just looked at me and he was like, tourist shithead here, you know, swamping out
3: our entire block, our neighbourhood, you know. Trying to Uh, get the real experience.
1: Yeah, trying to get And it was weird because it made me think, I think what makes me think of that in terms of what you were saying Mm -hmm. is that I think in a really fundamental way, and it's like a lot of stuff that you're hearing today or that everyone engages with today about, what's the most ethical position and you tie yourself into knots about this stuff is that I think in a funny sort of way it's almost impossible to win. Yeah, like, I, I think maybe I kind of it is you. impossible to ever do the right thing. And the, as long, I always, I find myself ending up in this position. I remember at the time being like, "Yeah, but what could I've done about that? I didn't. I did do my research actually, and it looked really nice. I just wanted to go somewhere I mean, interesting. And
3: actually, I'm being a good person. I at, haven't been noisy. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you I, look at I, New York, every New Yorker is annoyed with tourists all the time. Yeah, but like yeah, totally. New York wouldn't exist if there weren't. Tour- I mean, like so much. Half of totally. the economy comes and from I, and, people and, but, visiting. And Come also, but also, but also at the
1: same time, I remember thinking, "Do you know what? I couldn't afford." To Stay in a proper hotel, yeah. You know, like actually, I couldn't afford to do yeah, that, yeah.
3: And that's well, a legitimate thing. Like, and uh, totally. and when I, I get in arguments with people at an Airbnb, and I'm like, but, I get it, yeah. yeah. But, but and I, I was like,
1: I, and actually, I'm really glad I was there. And I was like, I've been kind and civil, and I smile at that guy, and I appreciate his position. And so, maybe I probably won't come back to this neighborhood, but um, because actually, I've got a sense so, of it. But, so, so you, you know,
2: you yeah. so you agree. In- some
1: way. But what I mean is, I think actually what I don't, it's not so much about agreeing or not agreeing, is that I can un- understand conjuring with those feelings, but I feel that it's it's so much more complicated than that and it's almost imp- the broader position the broadest position people end up taking There like with so many things about this sort of like yeah. you know moral positions today about it, almost anything there's this sort of it's almost it, we're kind of getting back to i think what i'm hinting towards this other stuff, stuff we talk about that yeah. in any forms of discourse at the moment that there's a sort of overwhelming instinct to feel like you need to lean into some sort of extraordinarily moral hot take about stuff yeah you yeah. know that that almost feels like what is my sort of what's my moral position and maybe in some you know, having a moral position about all things is no bad thing, but off, v- but very often yeah. you, res- you the res- once you spend your time living in the real world, and that you realise that it's so much more vastly complicated and diverse, and, well, yeah, and than I- that. And that I, I guess what I'm getting at is that. I think from my experience of that is like, yes, I know where you're coming from, but actually the result of it was instead to go, I can't be that concerned about these things going forward because you can never win and you're gonna start Mm -hmm. not enjoying being your presence away. You can only kind of you can go forward as best you can being kind and civil and being like an open hearted, good human being. That might sound about
2: weak weak around the gills, you know. You can't um you can't do either you can't do I don't I don't think. I can I don't think I can do either side of that having a moral position on every single thing mm. but also acting without consideration. Yeah. Because if you just say well it's complicated so I'm not going to like devote my time to thinking about how I feel about it, well that's racism in America, right? Like that's so many things. That's like the Israel Palestine thing that is so many things that are important to have an opinion on because or at least I mean, not have an opinion on, but important uh, to think about. To consider. Yeah, yeah I mean, because complicated things deserve yeah, but, but, consideration. Yeah,
1: but something. But I think actually, but I think the problem is more about like you're projecting that forward into a situation you haven't been in yet. Because you're like, you know, Over- sense, yeah, 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 like, like,
3: just being open in the moment. Yeah, yeah you know, but that's, what I'm, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, left-
1: specifically about travel, I guess. Yeah, so it's yeah. like that sense of going. Because it's, I'm not sure if you'll ever really get. I guess I find myself thinking. I'm not sure if you'll ever really get a true sense of the nuance of the situation in a place you might be going, and you you might end up then just not enjoying a trip which might have been very lovely, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, I, without I, being, because you, I think maybe it's maybe this is a better way to say it that you can be ethically open and morally conscious about these things in the in the process of the yeah. journey. Instead yeah. of uh, I'm my, not sure I could possibly have understood that about our farm in advance. I probably would have come across some reports of yeah. people being like it's over Airbnb'd in this neighbourhood. Yeah. But it, thinking of Lisbon, like this is just places Lisbon, places this is the particular nuance of Lisbon. I am yeah. sure that's probably the same everywhere. Or I could have elected to spend five times the money and stayed in a hotel y district yeah. and stayed firmly in my touristic lane. But I couldn't afford to do that.
3: <laughs> yeah, and I think that like having done um, like a bunch of different styles of trips of like staying with people like overseas or going to a resort or going to a resort and kind of mixing and matching I mean like we our honeymoon we went to like an all-inclusive you know eat drink all the time resort in Cabo which is like the most touristy of all touristy things and probably like us and maybe 25 to 50 percent of the people that go now that's probably too high 25 to 30 percent of the people that go we took like the bus in. Um, just on our own into, like, the two towns and kind of walked around and saw stuff. And that was fun. And, like, you know, we bought some local stuff, ate at some, like, local restaurants. Mm. It was cool. Um, But, like, the most fun thing I had was, like, the, um, you know, planned trip into, like, the club crawl on, like, one of the nights. There was, like, you know, a couple local dudes who work at the thing were basically just, like, we're going to rent a like, you know, little fifteen person van and we're going we're going partying. And like they showed up in like some just straight up club T shirts and uh it was great. Yeah. Drank a lot of blue juices out of test tubes and a lot of tequila. <laughs> and I got and uh, I got silly. And it was awesome. I had a lot of fun. And it was the most touristy thing that you could possibly do. Yeah. I mean I, yeah. I that's fine. I I guess. I, I, don't yeah, I don't know. My my point is
2: I I think international travel warrants like especially coming from like a wealthier
3: place it warrants consideration.
2: Sure, That's
3: I don't think anybody's disagreeing with you on that. Yeah,
2: I'm not well, 100 percent convinced.
3: <laughs> I'm not 100 percent convinced. Oh, how am I? No. Because, yeah, I think he's disagreeing, which is no, fine. No, no, yeah, no, no. The thing is, I actually I wink, wink once for if this is planned. But the uh, <laughs> uh, but
1: the but the weird but the weird but the weird thing is is that I actually I, the, I'm not quite sure it is what I'm disagreeing about. Um, I think what I find myself. Are you being, talking about premed, like overthinking? Uh, it's over-thinking funny because I think it, actually you and me are very similar, and I would just instinctively, without even giving any consideration, avoid a lot of the things. Yeah, which I, I, mean, are I think anyway. our taste you know in travelling I mean? <laughs> is the yeah. same, uh, and, um, and I would think about it without without totally. And I would only engage with things that I think were probably within a sphere that maybe um, you're more investigating more than I would do. But I guess something I'm always wondering about this is always like the flip side of the coin, especially with a lot of this, um, that there's always there's always it always strikes me as that there's a certain amount of, you know, the position of people from, you know, like Western nations where we are presuming an attitude of from people from other places towards our behavior that we could never actually fully know and till we're there I mean you can read yeah. about some people having a obviously it's not saying that people exist in, um, in isolation but I always worry, wonder about the certain amount of hand-wringing sort of that we uh, I definitely as much as you I like, engage with about the nature of being and I do engage with it to a degree about being a tourist in certain places because that's how it shows itself and like I want to be in a realer place and I don't want to be some dickhead yeah. you know in some in some wealthy spot detached from it but I just wonder how much in the places themselves how much the people locally actually really give a shit you know in terms of about our But e- I think we as ethical like white men
3: it. have to do a little bit more because so few of us of our of our that's, kind do that. But I don't, I don't think that's limited to tourism. I think no, that no, that's no. just in everyday I, life. I think, so I think that's.
2: Like, I think you yeah. you you worded that really nicely. I mean, that's like yeah. a lot of what the the line of thinking that this particularly traveling thing is coming from mm-hmm. is like. I believe as. I, I do it just the things I do warrant Look, I'm going to
3: rephrase that it's not cause I, you, to I think you're both it, coming from as, as perspective, like
1: as like because you said about being yeah. Nicaragua you're like I'm a white guy here and you just said straight white guy about it mm-hmm. I just that's not something I feel I think that's that feels very American to me as yes. well that feels yeah, like maybe, probably, that sounds like deeply deeply American in terms yeah, of also reflecting you're still from, holding to your colonial which, and I'm just uh, holding yeah. deeply onto my colonial attitude don't <laughs> go with fuck parties. I want parties all over the place no but I think it's more I think on a more simple level actually it's just very isn't Not revealing is not maybe the word, but... It's more a sense of that. I think that reflects very much the contemporary moment here. That, and I'm that I feel like I'm. I would even use the word slightly infected by now, like sure. the sort of American idea of seeing everything from sort of yeah. racial perspective, you know. And there's, I think, a lot of people in the world. Not to say that the dynamic of racism or race doesn't play out and identity yeah. or identity all over the world in different ways and in different permutations. It does very much so. But I do think it's the American different. the American perspective on it is extremely unique and the dynamic around it in and terms us, of responsibility and because American and culture
3: is so pervasive it, we also like bear that when we go other places and that's probably and what, exactly
1: yeah, that's probably, probably what I mean is that a,
3: the presumption of it
1: being you're, you're that, fighting a I have type yeah or, the, or there's that presu- and actually I think in the same way my British perspective on those things I'll probably take those with me and other yeah. to other places otherwise yeah. but I do think here because of the nature of like the American culture being so powerful and all pervasive it's easier I definitely pick up on it here mm-hmm. which is the presumption and actually I think it, it is particularly true when it comes to the debate around identity and race, which is so prevalent in the States. Like, it is uniquely prevalent, I I think, here. Not to say it doesn't exist in other places, but it just has a different quality. But I think the way that... I think, read, you read it all the time, mm-hmm. I think, here, not just in terms of international travel, but in terms of contemporary politics, that what I consistently see, I think, is that commentators here on that subject matter within the context of American politics project that onto the rest of the world as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. That because America is the world, because so many people it's don't believe America, and they think it is kind of is the world, yeah. that they then presume that the rest of the world shares that dynamic or idea structure. And it just doesn't, actually. Yeah. It's like, and I think it's very true in the UK, I think, the American ideas of that, you're seeing it being a picking up I, in the... And I, often I find on the ground, you read these things, then actually, especially in the United not you walk around and you're just like, I'm not convinced. It's not. I don't no, think I mean, it is the same. I think you know? that's a
2: great point of, yeah. of like maybe you know projecting, you know, because that's what we do. I mean, like mm. if someone from, I don't know, Indonesia comes to America, they're going to project their thing that they've. I mean, that's what we do as humans. But I, I do think that that's a that's a fair point that yeah. like maybe there is more. Uh, a feeling of consideration on my part as, like, a straight white American guy going to, you know, travel to Nepal, then maybe they then they have a contest for you know, yeah. know what I mean. Like, yeah, hmm. exactly. Like, do they have that yeah. contest? Yeah. They may do. And you know, I think like, I, I you're yeah. probably
3: yeah. in a different space too because your international travel has been Nicaragua, France, Spain—all places that are not like natively English speaking or not yeah. not even natively English speaking, but like all places that like that's not the dominant language. Yeah. My places were like Cabo, which is a tourist place, which mm-hmm. means like almost everybody there's gonna speak English yeah. anyways. Uh And then every other place has been a British colony. I've been to Zimbabwe. I've been to the UK. I've been to Australia Mm -hmm. and Canada. So it's like everywhere I've been, they just speak my language. So it's not very hard for me.
1: But it it touches Um, on something. I don't
3: feel like the outsiderism is is a lot harder to experience. The the, uh, the uncomfortability is harder to
2: to avoid. In Spain and
3: France, we didn't feel it at all. I,
2: yeah. I I loved every second of it. I, I you know, we we Airbnb'd, we did that whole thing, which I I love Airbnb. I mean right. I'm sure there's some problems. I don't know, whatever. I like it. I, I know exactly where my money's going and I like that. Mm. Um it, it was it was I mean it's particularly, you know, uh I left with complicated feelings after Nicaragua. Yeah. Only because the level of
1: luxury that we were afforded there, which we
2: couldn't afford on our
1: own oh dude i mean to be Um, in the context of poverty in any shape is like when you're not in a state of poverty is challenging i mean yeah yeah. yes i think that is i'd imagine it has to do with the
3: other like uh i feel like it i'd imagine it also has to do with like kind of the more instagrammable nature of because like the place we went to in cabo was like your standard run of the i mean it was nice but it was just like an all-inclusive place and uh And it was, you know, a lot of, a lot of like, I mean, it's not cheap, but for what it, it's like a cruise, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you get a lot of food and stuff like that. And most of the people there were like people from, uh, you know, like lower middle class people from like California and stuff like that. They were there on like their anniversary trip or people there with kids. I mean, it was like it was cruise people I think, yep. I think
1: the, other, the other thing that I think was this touches on I think what this touches on is something as we always find I think towards the end of all these episodes when we talk on individual subject matter where we lead back with the three of us is always you know this is another really good example I think of like the interaction between like the individual and also these sort of very large belief mm-hmm. patterns you know and that it's very easy and I think I, f- I find it really problematic because I lean towards being interested in like very large ideas you know a yep. monolithic Thoughts, you know, a big, big, um, you know, big sort of emotions and those sort of places, and so those sort of arguments, which but they can easily becomes very theoretical, you know. And I think yeah, one of the problems, sure. with, I think one of the problems of contemporary discourse, in a nutshell, is that where wherever you wherever your inclinations sit. It encourages a sort of a belief in sort of theoretical position or sort of academic ideas which deal only in enormous generalization which in theory is very interesting because you can think about these big concepts and you think about how that makes how is that specific in everyday life is then the challenge right but i guess i always find myself i veer towards that because i'm interested in those things Mm -hmm. and i'm interested in those large dynamics in human society i think they are realities you know Mm -hmm. i think those things definitely exist but Often, but the, but you get into real problems when you start thinking only those big theoretical ideas or the, the engagement with sort of monolithic thought or idea systems is in fact the day-to-day reality that you're engaging with in the moment and i do you know what i mean and i think this Mm -hmm. is maybe a case in point because you then i find myself thinking about things that all the time but then you start interacting with a person looking in the face you know and then suddenly uh, you know what i mean or just like has anything has that actually got anything to do with anything right now yeah you know i
2: think that's why it's I mean, I I know this is like the way my mind yeah. works. I think all of us are similar this way. I think it's it's why we have a podcast. I, I think talking through and just like I have this thought, I've been thinking about this thing, and I think I might feel this way.
3: Yeah. Uh, what and you, you know and then like the other good having thing to it know fully... is you would have never learned that had you just not gone and done it. And I think no. that's like yeah. one of the biggest things about international travel is it opens up. I mean, it can in- expose how. Now we're t- now we had this like big conversation of is the way that we're feeling about this coming from the realities of the place we're going to or the realities of the place we are and yeah. so it teaches you more about your country it teaches you more about the world and, teaches and you more about I your thoughts what makes and, like, you comfortable or what makes you comfortable and uncomfortable you know, like, yeah I mean I mean it it's <laughs> a I think that in like the in that way international travel is just a net positive it feels like sure. every time because it, it definitely reveals stuff if to you're everybody.
2: being which again is my point.
3: But I think, I think a lot of other people, do it people without
2: consideration.
3: Frankly, uh, yeah, I would I would say maybe. But like you're not knowing. I mean, we have this opportunity where we're having conversation mm-hmm. a conversation about this on a podcast. Yeah. But your photographs of Nicaragua look just like everybody else's. You're not sure. putting like un, you know subtitles like I had this like really awesome time, but I'm conflicted about it in these totally. ways. So we don't know if they're also you're, experiencing yeah, those fair, things or right. not. That's fair. Um, I think that and maybe they're not. I'm not saying that they're not yeah. that they are or not. I'm just saying that that that's an assumption that I mean like I I, I mean I yeah. the people I
2: was there with, we had a conversation about this one night. Yeah. And, and they, they yeah, had no thoughts. It it, it maybe it, they did it after that. It seemed clear to me that they hadn't thought about it at all. Which again, I'm not saying is right or wrong, for me I felt conflicted
3: by that. Maybe you sparked something in them to think about. I mean maybe, about, maybe you know, not. Yeah. Uh, who knows, you know. Um
1: I guess I just end up coming back. This may make me deeply, deeply naive. I just maybe because, like I said before, I just instinctively—poor naive would, yeah, poor naive how. But ma- ma- I think, Britain's like I just said sun. before, you know, instinctively, <laughs> I think I just would like veer away from a lot of the places that, that I think we'd all just veer away from. Um, but I just wonder if it's possible to sort of, and obviously there are with all things, just dickheads in the world behaving like dickheads. But yeah. um, being a dickhead is cool. You know, being a dickhead is cool. Me, <laughs> no, but. Um, I just wonder if it's possible just to sort of go forward and encounter these things as you go in the moment, instead of being too wrought about it in advance. I just think I instinctively lean towards that. I think a lot of these things uh, at the moment, in so broad a context, that there's there's so much sort of mind reading or sort of advance prophesying about well, these sort of positions.
3: I think that's what we were getting. You know at. what I yeah. mean? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah but yeah. also, if you if which doesn't I, help until if you, you notice a there, pattern.
2: You know then it, it becomes less broad and it has it gives you a point to talk, which is why me and Brandy were yeah. flying back. And we had noticed from a handful of sources, we were like, oh man, this is kind of weird. All these people that we know are traveling, which we did the same thing, and are in these like, you know, a place like Dubai or a place like, you know, wherever, uh, Malaysia or something, you know, where it's like, oh, there all these people are in... Are just, I just noticed, I'm like, all these white people are traveling and they're in this other country a million miles away from where they're from. And they're also with just white people. And I just noticed that little pattern. I was like, well, that's just something I'd never really thought about yeah before the, you know, whatever. Um,
1: no, so, no, it's not whatever. It's just, it's fact, again, we're just encountering our little transatlanticisms here, as we yeah. always do. Because, no, it's, think, again, just saying that makes me think you're, what you're noticing is all these white people together.
2: Yeah. Yeah, totally. That was that was the... That was the, the I pattern. think
1: I would probably yeah. also notice that as a result of now being in America for four years, but I'm not sure I would have noticed yeah. that before I came here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, And I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing. Part of me we're thinks that more, might be a bad thing. We're just
3: more woke, man. We're well, woke. I, I really do think it's a strong point about uh, realizing... You're also closer to Europe, which is just more white people in general. <laughs> so like a group of seeing... Internationally traveling yeah. and seeing groups of white people places is just Europe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but
1: yeah.
3: there's a word for that it's sweet yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah but it's yeah but also this is the thing the, the thing what kind of I've, I always lean towards feeling like but you know what that doesn't it's it's like making the ergo pinky creamy people in, in being in the majority in a certain area is like that, that there's an instinctive reaction well oh, that's not good I mean that doesn't necessarily no I wasn't no. saying that
3: like, what I was saying is just, just like that's just where we're from yeah no I, I'm, I'm saying a,
2: a group of individual pinky creamy white people who don't know each other at all have traveled halfway across the world into a place that is
3: brown and all the pinky creamy white people are all sticking together yeah that's the that's the pattern i noticed not but they just probably will naturally be closer because they can speak the same language or something yeah i mean yeah yeah. we can get into this you know (laughs) like circular thing over yeah yeah listeners if you have thoughts on this fire escape artists we would love to hear them um we obviously like there's this is like a way longer conversation and i'm glad we had this this yeah, is right a really on. fun yeah, really neat thing it's it's probably a good good thing start. an answer to it it's yeah. the start of a conversation that's it's what this is this about. isn't this we've gone from we're
1: not, ro- royalty wealth class horrible aristocratic racism all the way mm-hmm. through to international travel we covered all the bases that's
3: right. i think that the only prescriptive thing that we here at the Firescape Escape can say is go to is and hunt a should, zebra. Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say Colonize if you haven't been to another country, um, try it out. Do it. Yeah, I agree. Do it. Don't. I mean, I you agree. know, just like figure it out. Like you know, I would just uh and, and like just be observant and like really take it in and uh just go. I don't know. Get a passport. Get out of here. Yeah, if you can. I mean, you know, not, not you know, if you can't. Then I don't know, just save up, get a passport, go. That's <laughs> yeah, my, that's my, I, like, I go, agree. Like, go, 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 go see something new or just I go to a state that doesn't touch your state. Yeah. That, that's, that's good. That can be international travel. Yeah.
2: I don't know. I feel, Interstate I feel travel. bad. I don't want people thinking that I'm saying, no, don't, I mean, to whatever. Oh, no, no,
3: don't think of that. No, not no, so. no. I think that it's a very, I mean, it's like, definitely my mind like a super. Like I think that that's the that's like more closer to the right way of thinking about it in in my opinion. I just think that well, if, it's if, a if you want oh, to go to a resort that's cool too. Yeah. I'm not saying you
1: shouldn't. I just whatever.
3: Oh whatever. All right, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Uh, Especially if you got a timeshare that you can trade out to go to a resort.
1: Oh well, yeah. So it's a timeshare. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Time timeshare. That's what I did. We ain't had no money. Timeshare. No. Uh, uh,
2: but if you want to see our <laughs> <laughs> our instagrams of international travel
3: yeah you can find you can do that uh you can find the fire escape at fire escape pod or fire pod at gmail.com mm-hmm. if you have any questions uh comments if you have any travel stories you want to you want to share with us if you have any f- travel photos that you want us to put on the instagram whatever you want mm-hmm. uh if you want to talk to howell because he's while he's a uh, while he's traveling internationally. Actually, don't even try because
1: I'm just in the work hole. So don't even try to contact me. Don't try to contact me. But if
3: all. you're in Ibiza, Wales, go see him. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. He'll be there. Yeah, he will be there. I'll be in Ibiza, Wales. He's going to found that town while he's gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, if you want to find me, it's at Culture Levi on all the social medias.
2: You can find me at Buttermilk underscore Pete on the Instagram. I don't tweet her.
3: Don't find me. Don't. Find Hal. Um, unless you find him in person. If you can find him in person. In Ibiza. That that is two prescriptive things you can do. Yeah. Get a passport. Yep. Find Hal. Book a in flight person. to Ibiza. Find Hal in person. Yep. There's three things. Yeah, that is three. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, y'all. Oh, no. Bye.
0: with the beer we got? I mean, the beer we got drank pretty good, don't it? The days are getting shorter, and you can feel it in the air. Yes, it's that time of year. Pumpkin is finally back at Dunkin'. It's the cozy you've been craving all summer long, now in your cup at Dunkin'. Pick up all of your pumpkin favorites, like the signature pumpkin spice iced latte, or a pumpkin iced coffee, and bakery items like pumpkin donuts and muffins. Sip into something comfortable to celebrate the start of cozy season. Use the Dunkin' app for contactless ordering. America runs on Dunkin'. Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network.